0: Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 310. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy that you are here to join us today, and I'm Thrilled to introduce our guest today, Jenna Ziegler. Jenna is the C O O of I Love. And if you recall, a few episodes back, we actually had her husband Travis on this show, who is the C-E-O, Right? But it's not C like the letter; it's S E E, which I just love. So, <laughs> Jenna, I am so thrilled to have you here. I I look forward to hearing your journey. Travis's was awesome, but thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So I'd love for you to go back and share your side of the journey because I know although some of it's going to be the same as Travis's, some of the listeners may not have heard his episode and and I know you have a different perspective
1: as well. Absolutely. So a little bit over three years ago, we both quit our optometry jobs in Ohio. We moved across the country to South Carolina and we opened up two new optometry practices um, that were run just by he and I. So we were spending a lot of our time um, just seeing patients. but you know when you open up a new office, you don't get a ton of traffic at first. So you know there was a little boredom in there every once in a while. And my husband came across an email, about teaching us how to sell on Amazon. And so he brought it to me and, you know, he's always been interested in selling online and things like that. And he brought it to me thinking I would never go along with this crazy idea. Um, but basically I said yes. So we bought a course that taught us how to sell online and we started a company called I Love. And really, you know, not knowing where we were going to start or what we were going to sell, um, we just decided to start selling the thing that we knew best. And we're in the eye care space. You know, we're both optometrists. So we said, why don't we start selling sunglasses? And so that's what we started selling. And of course, you know, they say that what you start selling is not what you end up selling. And so, um, you know, iLove is completely, you know, really a different company now. But the main goal was actually to just give us extra funds to go on our eye care missions that we go on every year to Jamaica. And so that was kind of the main goal of I love was to make a little extra money for that. And it's just, you know, morphed into this amazing company that we absolutely love.
0: That is so amazing. I started my first company in 2005, Jenna, and it was also selling online, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing yeah. And I certainly didn't I, I didn't sign up for any course. I have to say I made all the worst mistakes, including selling products that I was not passionate about.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, that's one of the big things is we we chose something that we were passionate about because yeah. at the time, you know, we didn't have kids or anything. So we were looking at, you know, baby products and things like that. But what do I know about baby products? You know, so we really wanted to sell something that we believed in and that we were really passionate about. And I think that's, you know, what has really helped our company grow truthfully.
0: Absolutely. How did you get introduced to your mission work? So back? Yeah. Did you found that or was it already a mission that was in process?
1: Yeah. The one that we go on every year is a mission that is already in process, um, but both of us kind of got into mission work back in school. Um, We went on a trip to Ecuador and that was really our first eye care mission trip. And being there was so humbling and just so amazing to see The need of people around the world. You know, you don't realize when you live here and you have access to, you know, eye doctors and other types of doctors and anything that you want. You know, people in Ecuador and Jamaica, um, they don't have access to everything. And so going there, you know, it was so great. The feeling of helping people was just so amazing for me. Like when I got back to the US, it, I just felt like, what do I need all of this stuff for? You know? People in Ecuador are happy and joyful and they love their life without all of this stuff, you know. Even if they don't have, you know, access to eye care or anything like that, they still love their lives and I'm over here with stuff that I don't need is kinda of how I felt when I got back. So that's really, you know, what started our journey and our mission.
0: I completely hear that about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was recently watching a TED talk, actually, not so recently, a few months ago, and they were showing photos of what low class, middle class, and upper class look like in different countries around the world. And it blew my mind because mm-hmm. even lower class in the US, if we still have a roof of our own over our heads, so whether we rent it or we own it, there are still usually some basic things that we have. And some of those can even be in the category of stuff. But watching this video, I was just floored. You know, parts of the world, the lower class doesn't have toilet paper. It's leaves. or yeah. And no flatware or silverware or even plasticware to eat their food with. And it was very humbling. And then listeners and Jen, I just want to give an apology. Today, unexpectedly, I have five kids at home with me. And... <laughs> all that stuff honestly very often leads to just more quarrels especially with my five kids you know they have plenty of stuff that they can play with but they always want to go after that one so sometimes i wonder if they only had one to play with would they still be
1: arguing about it yeah you know it's it's an interesting thing thing to think about and it's it's just always amazing to me like no matter where we go on trips we've you know been to peru also the people are just so warming and so nice and so appreciative of everything, you know, that we do for them and of us being in their country. And, you know, we're really welcomed with open arms. And like you said, you know, they might not have more than one toy to play with, but it's the best toy ever. And, you know, they make it work and they, they love it. So,
0: yeah. Have you been introduced to this new show that's on facebook i guess it might be a year old i'm actually not sure because i was only introduced this week it's called returning the favor no i need to look it up oh my gosh okay mike Rowe, who used to host dirty jobs Mm -hmm. is hosting it and i believe it is in collaboration with facebook but what what the show is is they're going around the united states and returning the favor to do gooders in communities i love that yeah it Listeners, have if you have not watched it, and Jenna, I'm going to warn you too, get a box of tissues or a roll of toilet paper ready for when <laughs> you're watching it, because it is a tearjerker. I mean, just real feel-good television. I'm actually sad that it's only available through Facebook, because network TV needs more good stuff like this. But it's really showing the how people who may not even have much themselves are going out and giving to the communities around them and actually in a in a later episode of the podcast which hasn't been recorded yet one of the do-gooders is going to be featured Christina and I can't wait she she actually is accepting donations from people almost like the goodwill but rather than selling it she's giving it away to people in her community who need it. And she's getting garages. So I absolutely love what you and Travis are doing because that is actually my husband and I, our mission. Not I love, but a way to give back because I know that very often we take for granted what
1: we have been given and what we have. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the more you give, the more you get and the better you feel about yourself and your life and, you know, the legacy that you're, that you're creating really. So that's just, you know, our mission is to end preventable blindness by, you know, going over to these countries and helping potentially build, you know, clinics in the future. And we really would like to put a dent in that. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, the more you help people, the more you're going to get back yourself. I completely agree. Jenna, how did
0: you decide to get into eye care yourself?
1: I had a really great um, optometrist when I was in school, like in high school. And he was just, you know, I was at my appointment and he asked me what I wanted to do with my life, you know. And I told him I was interested in the medical field, but I don't do blood and I don't do needles. And so he said, oh, well, I have the perfect you know, opportunity for you, you need to be an optometrist. I was like, Okay, that sounds kind of cool. So I went to college. And I started working at just a lens crafters, you know, helping people pick out glasses and sunglasses. And I learned a ton there. And I really fell in love with glasses and just helping people see better. um, Because, you know, putting glasses on someone for the first time, there is just nothing like it. You know, they put on that first pair of glasses and for them to be able to see, especially a child, um, is absolutely amazing. And optometry is just, you know, I've learned over the years that it's just such a feel good medical profession. So, you know, most of the time we're giving really good news and we're, you know, giving people glasses and they can see better and, You know, it really enhances their lives and we don't give bad news very often. I mean, you know, we have to do it just like every other, you know, doctor out there, but it's few and far between that I'm giving bad news versus, you know, helping somebody see better. So that's really why I chose optometry and I would not have it any other way.
0: And the episode with Travis, he was telling uh, the story of, I believe, a fisherman who was able to go back to work after you two helped him. Because he could actually yep. reline his hook. Reline? Is that, yeah. is that how it's said? Yeah, exactly. But I had never thought about that before.
1: Yeah, you know, they that's what they do. They fish for a living. And so even, you know, 100% of people in the world will need glasses over the age of 40 to 45 because you start to lose your near vision. And, you know, we don't think much of it in the U.S. because we can just go out and grab a pair of reading glasses at the drugstore and- The world is better, but when you're in a country like Ecuador or Peru or Jamaica, um, you know, it's not that easy. And so you really, these people think that they're going blind because all of a sudden they can't see the fisherman can't line his hook to be able to fish and make money for his family. So then he ends up, you know, begging instead and by giving him a pair of glasses, just a simple pair of reading glasses, you know, that we buy at the drugstore, um, we're giving him his sight back and he's able to work and provide for his family and really enjoy his life again. And so that's really, I mean, it's just amazing what you can do, you know, with a simple pair of glasses. I just have to
0: ask, because I've already admitted that returning the favor required a box of tissues for me. Are there those times that you need to have the box of tissues handy for you when you are delivering sight to people?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, You know, it's always stories like that where it's a fisherman that can finally see again or... um, it's a. I'm drawing a blank on what they're called, but they fix people's shoes. You know, those type of people really need that fine detail work, um, and they, you know, they can't see if they don't have reading glasses. And so, you know, when you hear those stories, it's just, it's amazing. And I have a, you know, a soft spot for children too, and kids that really need glasses. And when they first put them on for the first time, I mean, we've all seen those videos of babies, you know, getting their first pair of glasses. And it's so awesome, like to see the joy on their faces because, you know, babies, it's going to be pure joy. You know, they don't know anything else. They just know that, oh my gosh, I can suddenly see my mom. And, you know, those are the times where I'm like, okay, where's the box of tissues? (laughs) So, yeah, it's really just really rewarding.
0: Oh, my gosh. We're talking about wet eyes. I know you both have a passion for dry eyes.
1: We do. Yeah.
0: Could you talk more about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we um, with I Love, we had started out, you know, just selling sunglasses, polarized sunglasses. And then about a year to a year and a half into our business, we decided to kind of go into the dry eye market. And so we created a Facebook group called the Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community. And we had a lot of mentors tell us that it was an awful idea and nobody would want to get on Facebook and talk about their dry eye together. Um, But it turns out that there are a lot of people out there that want to get online and meet people that are going through the same thing that they are. So, you know, we created this group. We provided content for them, you know, taught them how to cure their dry eye in a more natural way, rather than just, you know, reaching for pharmaceutical medications. Um, And so we've been doing that for, oh my gosh, a year and a half or so now. And we have a group that's over 4,000 people. Um, Every Sunday we do a Facebook live um, which is actually super rewarding. I, you know, I don't like being on video a lot, but um, I love seeing the people that come to our Facebook lives, and they're able to ask any questions they want of us. So any dry eye question they might have, we're going to answer it for them. And I just love, you know, seeing their responses and watching the people that have followed us since the beginning and that have implemented, you know, the things that we've suggested to them, those people are now getting well. And there's nothing better than that, you know, seeing people get well from what you're doing. So it's it's been interesting, but we really, really enjoy it. Jenna, I want to
0: take a quick break to thank our sponsor of today's episode, but then we'll come back and talk about community and a whole lot more. As a busy mom, wife, Marketing automation specialist for six to seven figure business owners and podcaster, I certainly don't have time to hunt around for a good deal. That's why I love mybargainbuddy.com. My Bargain Buddy scours the net every day to find the best deals and coupons so you can save 50 to 90% on clothes, shoes, gifts, pet supplies, and more. They even tell you where to score free stuff. Sign up for their free email newsletter for a chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card. When you shop with My Bargain Buddy, you'll never pay full price again. Visit MyBargainBuddy.com today. Jenna, just before we talked about our sponsor, you were talking about your Facebook community. If you could do it again, do you think you would start the community earlier or do you not believe you were quite ready to do it yet?
1: I think we started it at a good time. Um, if we had started it earlier, we wouldn't have had, you know, products in the queue that we had thought about that we wanted to, you know, provide for them and also the content, too, because it took a lot of time to, you know, go in and write blog articles and do videos and things like that, that we really wanted to be ready for. So I think it came at a good time. But then, you know, also looking back, you can say, well, if we started it earlier, we would have so many more people and be able to help so many more people um, than we're helping now. But, you know, you can always look back and say, I should have done it earlier. But I think it was a, a really good time for us.
0: Oh my gosh, I can do the same thing. I mean, I could have started the podcast earlier, but it wouldn't mean nearly the same to me now, nor would any other part of my business if I had started it earlier. Everything for a reason. And I mean the same is the case for my husband and I. We met when we did for a reason. And I heard, by the way, that the two of you met in a bar watching Ohio State versus Michigan. Am I remembering this properly? (laughs)
1: You are. Yeah. So I went to University of Michigan for my undergrad degree and Travis was at Ohio State. And I came down to Ohio State with my girlfriends to watch the Ohio State-Michigan game. Um, It was back in 2006, I guess. And It was number one versus number two. So it was a big game and we were at a bar and randomly I met Travis and um, ended up taking a picture with him. It was random, but we found out that we were both, you know, he was in optometry school at the time and I had already been accepted to Ohio State's optometry school. And so I knew I would be there the next year and so we really you know didn't talk too much until I got to Ohio State. but um, it was just so interesting you know that we met in that way and once I got to school we started dating and you know it's been it's been good ever since.
0: I have to ask if you had to pick one of those two shirts to put on today,
1: which would it be? <laughs> oh, Michigan for sure. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to I have to root for my undergrad, but if Ohio State is not playing Michigan, then, mm-hmm. you know, I'll root for Ohio State. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you had to pack a small suitcase today with the most important possessions that you have because you had to leave
1: your home forever, what would you take with you? I know that's not positive, but I'm just curious. So I'm guessing that people don't fit in suitcases. So Travis can um, go
0: with me. Okay, Travis
1: can go with me. And my little my little boy can go with me. (laughs) So other than them, I would bring definitely my computer because our whole world is on our computer. I would bring my yoga mat, my running shoes, and hmm. Probably my Vitamix. <laughs> I think that would be, you know, those are the main things that I would bring. I'm pretty into health. And yeah, I think that would be pretty much it. You know, I'm sure I could fit a couple other things in there, but those would be the main things. I just had to ask what would be your little boy's go to one item? Oh, definitely his. We have this little soft Eric Carly crinkly book. And it's only like four pages, but he loves it. He just chews on it and it makes crinkly sounds and <laughs> he loves that thing. As long as we have that, he's good. So I would definitely bring that. It's called The Very Hungry Caterpillar.
0: Love The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Absolutely love it. Yeah. What is your dream to see come to fruition
1: in the next five years? I would love to see Travis and I going on more mission trips, not just to um, Jamaica, but possibly to, you know, other countries as well. And I would also like to see I Love being able to support a clinic being built in Jamaica or, you know, one of those other countries if we were to fall in love with something else. But, you know, so far our work has mostly been in Jamaica and that's kind of one of our eventual goals is to start a free or low cost clinic um, in Jamaica. And so I would like to see, you know, the wheels kind of turning there, you know, maybe we've um, gotten into contact with some people that can help us out, you know, and we're starting to, you know, get the funding together to be able to do that. So I would love to see that happen. And then I would like us to find a good Home as well. You know, we live in South Carolina now, but we're actually getting ready to move and we'll be moving to Austin, Texas. And so we're excited about that, but we're ready to, you know, find somewhere that really feels a little bit more like home for us. So that's where I'd like to see us in about five years. I can hear that completely. I moved to
0: Ohio 14 years ago from New York City, actually from Westchester County, and that it never felt like home there. Yeah. But I can completely understand how that would be important. I think I just messed up the word completely, but I, positive productivity <laughs> does not mean I can always speak clearly. For entrepreneurs who are listening who are struggling with making an impact versus making income, what words of advice would you have for them?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were asking me advice on, you know, how do I feel better about the money I'm making and, you know, feel like I'm making a difference in the world. And the thing is, you know, you can make all the money in the world and you can have the nice car and you can have the nice house. And by all means, if you want that and you can have it, then go for it. But you will find no greater joy than helping other people. And, you know, whether it's Something like going on a mission trip and helping people, you know, overseas, or if it's even in your own hometown, you know, helping people and seeing the joy on their faces is always going to make you feel better. And whether it's you're, you're using your time or you're using money or other resources that you have, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're going to feel so good. And, you know, money's, really fleeting. you know. It's, it doesn't really mean anything. And so if you can see the joy on other people's faces and really help other people, you're going to have so much more joy than just having a ton of money that you don't know what to do with.
0: Oh, yes. I completely agree. I've been no stranger to sharing the struggles that my family has experienced on the podcast. And I found that when I was chasing income, the tough money times were always harder to handle. Yeah. Because I wasn't happy with what I was doing, number one. So that just made the pursuit of income even harder. Now that I am working on making an impact through the work of positive productivity, even when money is tight, and I won't deny that it is sometimes, it's so much easier to handle. And amazingly, we always have what we need. And even when money is really short, it always, for lack of a better word, manifests itself soon enough. And we, we've really never been without. There's always food in the cupboard and we always have what we need. So yeah, listeners, if you're, if you're really trying to figure out what you should be doing and there's something that's pulling at your heartstrings, follow it, follow it. I, I can't imagine even if somebody offered to pay all of our living expenses for the next 100 years in return for me doing the work that I was doing when I was chasing income, I would have to say no. I was actually thinking about that while you were talking and it hurt for a second. I have to admit it hurt for a second just knowing that all that money would be there. But I see the people on social media who are sharing their five cars and 18 houses. But if it meant that I wasn't happy while I had all that, no thanks.
1: Just no thanks. I agree. If you, you know, like you said, with positive productivity, you're doing absolutely what you love to be doing. And there's no greater feeling than doing what you love and being able to make money doing what you love and being able to help people in the process. So, you know, as long as you do what you love and you follow your heart, then I think you're going to be just fine. Yes. We need more of you in the world. What do you see as being another void
0: in the health market that you would love to see somebody fill doing
1: similar to what you are doing? I think a lot of the problem now, um, you know, not only with our kids and all of the you know hyperactivity, ADHD, everything going on right now, um, a lot of it comes down to food. You know, we do the best we can to put great food in our bodies, and you know, provide great food for ourselves. And I think that is where America is really lacking. We have such a disordered, you know, view of what food is, this processed, you know, junk that's in your cupboard, you know, that's not food. You need to eat real food. And we need somebody that can, you know, come in. And I mean, it's a huge problem. I don't even know how you would fix it. But I think, you know, in the health space, there's so many things that can be solved by eating A whole foods, plant based diet, you know, real food. And dry eye is one of them. You know, that's one of the things that can be solved by that. You know, diabetes, high blood pressure, you name it, all of those things come down to food a lot of the time. And so if somebody could try to heal that food crisis, then that would be, you know, amazing. I don't know. I think we're, you know, moving in the right direction, Um, but that's definitely needed.
0: I agree, but I also have to admit that my family struggles with that, and often with my family, I 'm going to admit that it 's a disorganization of time and not prioritizing getting to the grocery and buying the healthy stuff versus feeling rushed and then hitting up the fast food drive through on the way home. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, you know feeding yeah. a family of seven through mcdonald 's drive through is ridiculous i mean thirty five to forty dollars easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas thirty five to forty would have bought two healthy meals for a night at the grocery if I had just pre yeah. planned.
1: Yeah, it's very true. And I mean it and like you said, it comes down to time and just priorities and things like that. But you know, you're gonna have those times where you just need something quick and that's fine every once in a while. But it's where it becomes a habit. I read a crazy statistic that was like, um, a third of all kids eat fast food every single day. And I was blown away.
0: Wait, say that one more time. A third of all kids eat it every day?
1: It was something crazy like that. Yes. It was, the statistic was crazy. Like when I heard it, my mind was like, wait, what? Did I hear that correctly? So it was something like that. And I could not believe it, but in a way I can believe it because we live in South Carolina and I know how many fast food places are everywhere, you know, no matter where you live, really. Um, but definitely in the South, um, it's a problem. And yeah, you know, something has to change there. So, Oh,
0: yeah. And it, yep. It's all about In my food. area of Ohio, I mean, within one mile of my house, I've got McDonald's, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and about four more. And I... I It's no joke to say I think there are five pizza restaurants within a mile of my house. It's easier to find the junk than it is to find the real. I was feeling guilty for once a week fast food in my house, but oh my gosh, daily. Wow. And when you were talking about stuff earlier, I was actually thinking this past weekend, my husband and I cleaned out our our littles room. We have three-year-old twins and a four-year-old. And I was embarrassed, and I'm embarrassed to even be admitting this on the podcast. I was embarrassed by the number of Happy Meal toys that I found and threw out. And that made me start thinking about mm-hmm. how much we do go through fast food. But when we're going through and getting three in a trip, you know, it doesn't take very long for those to add up. But it really got me thinking about the junk food and the junk that we bring home when we're doing that.
1: Yeah. And I don't think people realize, you know, a lot of the time, they just don't realize how, you know, how much junk they, you know, might be eating. And it just all comes down to making small steps and, you know, drinking more water, eating one more meal a week at home, you know, things like that. You know, it doesn't have to be all at one time that you make a change. You know, those changes can be incremental. And I think that's what, you know, is really going to help people make a change is just those small little baby steps. That's all you need.
0: I know your baby is young, but Have you thought about ways that you can nurture him into being a giver in the society like his parents?
1: Yeah, we've thought a little bit about it. And I, you know, I think we want him to witness everything that we're doing to help others. So we would love to, you know, as soon as it's possible, bring him on, you know, mission trips that we go on so that he can really see that. You know what he has at home isn't what everybody else has. You know, some people might have more than him, some people are going to have less than him. Um, But I think that you know, bringing him on those mission trips and letting him really see that will be a huge way for him to learn. You know that helping people is really going to bring him the most joy in life. So that's one of the ways, and I think you know just. Having him, you know, he's home with us now when we work from home and he sees, you know, how hard we work and we do it all for our mission and we want him to know that. And so, yeah, that's what I, I think. That. At least for Yeah, now, I know. absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Would you
0: share with the listeners where they can learn more about I love and how they
1: can contribute to your mission? Absolutely. So you can go to ilovethesun.com, which is E-Y-E, love lovethesun.com. And that's where you'll find all of our products. So polarized sunglasses and dry eye products and things like that. Um, so when you make a purchase from us, we donate a portion of our profits to our foundation and And that foundation is used to help fund our mission trips. And then it will also be used in the future to help fund a clinic. Um, And so that's one way that you can, you know, help us out and participate. Uh, Another way, if you do happen to have dry eyes, you can join us on Facebook. Um, The Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community is a group, or we also have our Dry Eye Support page. And if you Google or if you type in Dry Eye Support um, you'll see both of those. And so those are really two ways that you can you know, either get in touch with us or um, help us out in our mission.
0: Awesome. Listeners, the links will be in the show notes, which you'll be able to find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP310. Jenna, thank you so much for being here today and sharing just the awesomeness that you are creating for the community and for the world. You are very inspiring. And I thank you for that. Thank you, Kim, for having me. It was really fun. Oh, you're so welcome. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? My
1: parting piece of advice would be that you choose happiness. You choose how you want to feel every day when you wake up. And whether that's, you know, how you want to feel physically do you go work out? Do you eat well? Or emotionally, do you, you know, Say nice things to yourself. Do you, you know, are you happy about your life? You know, if you choose to be happy, then you will be happy. And that's my big piece of advice.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.